welcome to the pod. I have to apologise in advance this week. We had some technical issues and it was uh, it rattled us, let's say that. And we were off on a few tangents and it was probably a flatter performance from JR and I, but we'll be back better than ever next week. Regardless, you're still going to get a lot out of this. Enjoy the pod. We were on a two-week hiatus, but we return to Who's On Him, the official podcast of the Quadruple AFL. I am joined by co-host JR. I tell you what, JR, you have had a start-stop experience over the last month, month and a half of this podcast. You've been given a run in the VFL. You've been pulled up to AFL. You've been brought back down to VFL. You weren't playing at all. It's been very stop-starty. How are you feeling heading into this with a, not a good run at it? Look, I, I feel a bit like uh, if I was to compare my experience to a player from this year, it'd be compared to probably Jack Scrimshaw. I've been, <laughs> I've, I've played in the VFL. I've played a couple of AFL games. I've been the sub a couple of times. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd really like a consistent run at it. So <laughs> hopefully from now we can really push towards the back end of the year. It was self-inflicted though from yourself because you shouldn't have got glandular fever. It's your fault. <laughs> well, Look, and I, and I have a I have a theory about where I may have got it. If you if you backdate the sort of infectious period, um, it sort of backdates to the quadruple AFL draft, sitting next <laughs> to a very hot and sweaty Lachlan Norman. So, uh, if if I was a betting man, I I would maybe bet on that. And I didn't even ask you at the top, Jr. How are you anyway? How's your day today? Everything went well. Yeah, feeling feeling pretty good. Uh, yeah, back on a uh, normal uh, work uh, sort of roster, which is uh, nice for the uh, nice for the sleep patterns, and I feel better already and ready to attack the second half of the fantasy season. So, yeah, good to go. How about you? I'm good. I was going to comment on your work schedule saying it may be easier for you in your life, but it's quite difficult for the podcast now because it means that we're both available really only after hours, no weekends, etc., uh, which makes it incredibly hard to get out. Have you thought about reducing your hours or even quitting your job to just focus purely on podcasting? <laughs> well, look, I've been asking for our uh, our, our ratings and uh, listener numbers, which which have not been uh, forwarded mm. my way. So I can only assume that means I cannot quit my job as yet. So we'll, we'll, that's a work in progress. Uh, no, don't read too much into that. It's purely because I forgot <laughs> after saying that I would do it immediately <laughs> for you. <laughs> So I'm sure our uh, 43 listeners, um, 30 of which are spam, are, uh, <laughs> are very intrigued. Last quick one, not a Crows podcast, scale of 1 to 10. How disappointed were you in Sunday? Do, does, do I have to stop at 10? That, that's the point of the 1 to 10 scale, isn't it? Like I can't possibly go any higher than 10. You have to stop at 10. Okay, then then 10. <laughs> uh, absolute 10. Like, uh, oh, just incredibly disappointed. We were standing there on the hill, just like as the uh, barrage of uh, horrible missed shots on goal uh, rained down upon us, uh, and we got to three goals, ten halfway through the second quarter, uh, and then Billy Frampton uh, kicked the goal <laughs> to get the Collingwood party started. Uh, you, you could see it coming, you could see it coming, but yeah, an awful experience all the same. How about you? How'd you take it? Not as bad as you on the catastrophe scale of one to ten. I am probably at a you might be annoyed at me for not being as concerned by that as what you are, but probably like a six. 
we clearly kicked ourselves out of the game, which is an issue, and it is something that needs to be rectified almost ASAP. But clearly something that can be fixed, and we're going toe-to-toe with what is probably the comfortable premiership favourite. So I'm not as concerned as you are, although I will say it's fucking annoying. Like, I mean, comfortable premiership favourite, maybe, but, like, and they're a great team in terms of being very well-disciplined, well-coached, etc. great in the clutch. But, like... Jeez, if you're rolling out Billy Frampton and Oleg Markov and a few others, like I, I feel like this hold they have over teams, this like absolute hypnotic trance they apparently put every team into every week at three quarter time after getting like trounced for the first three quarters. I, I don't understand it. it. It's impressive, but also I, I, I struggle to believe how it keeps happening. Yeah, I mean, the good news for the Crows is that uh, we have a trip to Geelong this week and we always play <laughs> exceptionally well down there. So, um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. A Geelong who put in one quarter's worth of effort <laughs> against Essendon and that was enough to get up by about 10 goals and then just took the foot off the pedal and said, nah, we'll, we'll wait now. And still, I think, oh. ran out what, eight goal winners or something along those lines. They are scary and playing them at GMHBA is terrifying it's more terrifying than hawthorne and tasmania from the other way <laughs> <laughs> significantly more terrifying i still remember the last time we uh we won there 2003 i remember leaving a uh, footy game of my own and having it on the radio and i feel like mark rusciuto was a very strong contributor that day so <laughs> that's how long ago it was so yeah um yeah, not uh, not feeling good about this week, but we're not a Crows podcast. Moving on to the uh, the real issues at hand. We're not, but we always spend about ten minutes on it, so we, we have to we have to do our we have to. Well, and I feel, <laughs> and I feel like people also enjoy it when we lose because we get to complain a lot, and I'm sure it's relatively entertaining. So let's get to get him off. Fucking get him off! Yeah, um, get he's coming off. Man, get, get him back him off. off! Get him off! Get him off! Get him off! Rock it! Rock it! We can't hear. Both you and I are struggling for one this week. We had two weeks to prepare and both of us are incredibly underprepared for this podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> that says a bit about how we're going at the moment. But I'm going to throw to you. You did have something that was uh, getting to you throughout the week. So JR, what's your get him off segment for this week? I mean, not so much getting to me through the week because I, I didn't really even know who was playing until uh, I looked at the schedule Friday night. But um Saturday night rolled around and, you know, like <laughs> you know, most of us now probably of the age where, you know, no one's going out to an electric circus or a, or a, a red square or rocket bar on a, on a Saturday night, are we? Much to my dismay, no, we're not anymore. <laughs> I have heard that you may give Fortitude Valley a bit of a crack this weekend, so <laughs> you can you can neither confirm nor deny. I'm going to deny. Actually, actually no, because I think Alicia and I are going out for dinner this weekend in Fortitude Valley. And <laughs> 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 who knows? I didn't happened. even know that. No, I didn't, I didn't. I was about to say no. I strongly deny it. But there is every chance that we uh, <laughs> maybe up to nine thirty. So we'll see how we go. Oh, I know. Gee I know. You, you, you could even start a flight with a scaffolder in the streets. <laughs> um, but 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 moving on. Um, yeah, you know Saturday night. Most of us, you know, want to watch our, our fantasy players and. Hoping for maybe at least one good game out of the the two that uh, that may be on on a Saturday night, um, and the AFL in their infinite wisdom, obviously they you know they're they're trying to be a little careful with the schedule now to you know at least have kind of one good game on like per day per night, no stinkers in a in a prime time sort of time slot, 
And the AFL, in their infinite wisdom, uh, decided to schedule both West Coast and North Melbourne uh, at the same time, on the same night, up against teams that uh, you know would would be widely viewed as as you know some of the better teams. Although I would probably mildly dispute that about Carlton. Um, mildly, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, obviously had them both on at the same time, and what we got was a 110 point winning margin and a 90 point winning margin, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, games both over before they even began. Um, so obviously some enjoyment for us uh, watching our fantasy players, but just like that is just so shit. Like who is looking at that AFL house and going, yep, great idea. Both of those games, they'll be great. Two points. You said some enjoyment. Well, I, I kept watching Charlie Kerno's score go up to, <laughs> to almost 200. So I was not complaining about the, the fixturing on Saturday night. Uh, no, no, I was complaining because that was absolutely awful. Because if I if I think about it, heading into the year, and it is now what we're into round uh, round eight coming up. Wow, that's come up really quickly. Heading into the year, probably if we anticipated who were the bottom three teams, uh, what three months ago we would have said probably Hawthorne is in there. That's fair. We would have said West Coast, and we would have said North Melbourne. And if we're able to predict that as nuffies on the street who watch some football. Surely the people who fixture and who can anticipate where teams are growing and the teams that are also sliding, surely they go, let's avoid putting them on any any sort of time frame <laughs> near each other because that's going to absolutely plummet our ratings. And they did. A viewer like myself who watches Saturday Night Footy pretty regularly did not watch a single kick, single handle, anything to do with that because it was fucking atrocious and I didn't want to subject myself and Alicia to that. Well, I think obviously those of us in a relationship have to be a little bit careful maybe when you burn your sort of, <laughs> you know, footy games. Like if you waste one on like a, a West Coast Carlton 100-point beatdown, I mean, you, you just that's just something you don't want to do. So, yeah, you, you have to be careful. And, and the AFL really doesn't do us any favours in this space by uh, scheduling games like that. So... Uh, I, I will. I will ask you though. Um, obviously, you didn't watch that game for the most part. Were you tempted at all to to flick back on when West Coast subbed on someone called Rhett Bazo, the go stand Charlie Kerno, one out in the goal square with no support whatsoever? I don't think it mattered who was playing. Actually, no. I, I will. I will say it probably would have mattered because I think whoever West Coast threw at Charlie Kerno that evening, it wasn't going to matter. But if you had any sort of competent fullback, I think that would have helped. I was incredibly disappointed, like really, really mad that he didn't get to 10 goals. And I was like, what an opportunity, what an opportunity wasted because I don't know how many times you're going to be able to kick a bag on a team that is literally asking past players to come back and put the boots on to help them out. Um, yeah, they, they weren't far from pulling Darren Glass out of the stands to, <laughs> to, to go stand him down there. And I think he probably would have uh, been a lot more competitive than both uh, both Rhett Bazo and uh, Josh Rotham, who had a, a significant amount of goals kicked on him in a short space of time. Do you think just for the experience, let's say they were that desperate of numbers, like they've got the bear, <laughs> the bear 26 and then they've whittled it down. They've got four players off playing waffle. They're sore from the game, so they can't be called upon. So they're down to 22 and then all of a sudden injury in the warm-up, injury in the warm-up and all of a sudden they can't field a team and they said, you, and I'm looking at you in particular, JR, because you're nearly six foot five, so you might get a run at this. And they said, 
hey, we, we'll, we'll rego, we'll pay your subs. We need you to... <laughs> <laughs> We need you to step in and uh, we need you to man Charlie Kerno tonight. Do you think you'd do it for a game just for the experience? Oh, you'd have to. You'd have to. Like, it'd be a humbling experience all the same. But I feel like you'd have to. Like, obviously, not uh, not anyone that we know particularly well has got particularly close to the AFL. But some might, some some may say differently uh, with some stories of uh, junior careers past. But uh, oh, you'd have to. You'd have to get out there. You'd have to give it a crack. Would you do it? No, <laughs> I would be an absolute walking meme waiting to happen. <laughs> Actually, I I think I would agree. And then maybe like the moment would get a little too big, like pulling the boots on in the rooms and just be like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> I, abs- I absolutely can't do this. Simo, I'm, I'm, I'm no good. What I think they should probably be looking at uh, the West Coast Eagles, obviously, you know, with the apparent bare bones that, that they have and, and really, if they'd cut the 15 senior citizens they have on the list three years ago, like they should have, they probably wouldn't be in this position. But maybe look at, you know, if you're if you're going to have that many old players on the list, maybe have some old, like, good players um, <laughs> and, and that, you, that sort of used to be good and, and, you know, like wheel out like an Andrew Embley or, you know, I mean, he's a Norm Smith medalist. I don't know. It's like a Chris Judd. He could probably still get a run. Ben Cousins, I was sure. Like, ben Cousins is like... Just saw him the other day on TV. He's in fantastic nick. I'd, I'd take Ben Cousins over half the players on the list <laughs> right now, even at forty. Like, let's say the the preseason time trial they they run it tomorrow. Like, where do you think Ben Cousins is finishing in oh. the West Coast one? Like, assuming everyone assuming everyone's healthy. What are you asking me for his time, or where do you think he'd finish in the grand scheme of West Coast? No, players? like, where where do you think he'd finish? Oh, top five. Like, oh, like not not even yeah. not even mucking around. Like, top five easily. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So you could wheel him back out. I don't know, like there'd be like a Daniel Chick, maybe. Like I'm not sure if he's sort of persona non grata at West Coast these days, but yeah, the, th- there's a few you could you could get back out there. The forgotten Brownlow medalist, Matt Prittis. Like uh, you could. Oh, Matt Prittis, yeah. Yeah, you could. You could. Wow, he, he did win a Brownlow. You're, he, you're, he did. You're correct. I've forgotten won. all about it. <laughs> His is like the most shocking Brownlow ever. I don't care. Some people say Adam Cooney. That Matt Prittis one is just. Mind blowing Brownlow medalist Matt Prittis. I feel like the clubhouse leader has, well, at least before that, was uh, was always Shane, Shane Woden. Woden. Yeah, um, but yeah, Prittis, Prittis might have gone gone past Woden. So yeah, that's my. I know we've sort of veered off track, but that's my get him off for the week. <laughs> uh, the 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 AFL scheduling uh, it could have just been a, very much targeted at the West Coast Eagles. So we didn't really pile into North. We've got a couple of guys. Uh, in our group, obviously, that are you know quite invested in the prevails of, of North Melbourne, so we don't want to pile on to North too much. But um, you know, they've obviously got some pretty significant issues as well. I'm going to go for something different this week, Jr. Because I don't have anything like meaty or substantial to rant about for five or six minutes, but I do have probably three really quick things that have pissed me off this week, and I would like to say get them off to them so we can. Just go through each one of those, do a really quick discussion, and then move on. Number one, and the first two are, I guess, loosely AFL-related. Number one, we don't need to touch on too much because it has been spoken about in the group. In fact, looking at the group chat right now, there is uh, some discussion about that. It is multiple clubs' vagueness around their injury list <laughs> and just either not <laughs> not reporting injuries or reporting like 
unidentified injuries or re- <laughs> <laughs> or reporting weird time frames for their injuries or even worse giving a really long time frame and then immediately playing them the following week <laughs> can, can we tighten this up this is like a professional league where and i absolutely could not give a shit about betting companies but there are punters who bet and people who lose their money based on decisions when it comes to injuries and so on surely this has to be regulated to some description you, you would think so it certainly seems like it's gotten a little out of control now I, I did mention this in the group but why on earth uh the gold coast suns would be playing ducks and drakes and and obscuring the reality of, of whatever injury that <laughs> sam flanders has no one cares no one could possibly care and like sam's a top 10 draft pick he, he may end up coming good but no one could possibly care about how long he's out for and why you would have to you know, who are they playing this week? I, I don't even know. But I very much doubt that the opposition coach is sitting there going, Jesus, I, I, you know, Sam Flanders, I don't know if he's playing, if he's not playing. Our whole, like, our whole, you know, week of planning is now in tatters because Sam Flanders is a TBC. Just makes no sense. Have you seen the Geelong injury list for this week? <laughs> I have. I had a look at it before. <laughs> there is. Hang on. I've got it up in front of me. There is. Or there are. One, two, three, four, five players listed as TBC, estimated return. And then there are two players listed as medium term, whatever that means. So seven... Is that the first first time you've ever heard players listed on an injury list as medium term? (laughs) What's medium term mean? (laughs) So there are seven of the eight players listed... I have no actual time frame of return. <laughs> but it could um, it could be worse because you could have a J Mac at Sydney who is injured <laughs> and TBC and his return, but his injury is also TBC, which I thought was only reserved for Bradley Williams before he plays. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the reason they, they don't actually know uh, J Mac's injury at the moment is because Horse Longmire hasn't actually beaten him up yet for how crap he's played this year. So. Do you know how crap- uh, that that would be yet to be determined? Do you know how crap he's played? I love J Mac as is on record, and I even dropped him this week when he when he was dropped from <laughs> Sydney. I thought this is too much for even me. I'm sorry, J Mac. <laughs> well, and also I have to ask you, just sort of circling back to uh, to Geelong, how concerned are you about not knowing an estimated return for Toby Conway's foot? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> because I really need to know. I would say most coaches in this league are across almost every single player that is AFL listed. Like I would say almost everyone and even some weird nuffies in the VFL who may get a mid-season contract and whatever you want to call it, mid-season draft. I have never in my life heard of Toby Conway (laughs) before. And I'm sure you have. (laughs) We trailed off then, JR, because... and. The listeners will not be able to hear this when I edit it, but that was about a 15-minute gap then <laughs> where you had to reset your your modem and your router because you're having technical issues. So as much as I want to continue discussing Toby Conway, we are going to have to move on to my second get him, <laughs> to my second get him off of the week. And it is, once again, loosely AFL-related, and that is grown men. Actually, no, no, I'm going to broaden it. It doesn't matter if you're a grown man or your child, but if you are a grown man, a child a woman, it doesn't matter, and you wear another team's football colours to a game where that oh. where that football team is not playing, 
get off. Like, honestly, what what are you doing and why? Are you trying to make people look at you? Are you trying to well, – what's the purpose behind it? Yeah, I, I hate it. I will always remember being at, like, an Adelaide – actually, no, it happened earlier this year. It might have been – might have been Crows versus Richmond. And I reckon there was someone like fully kitted out in like Fremantle Dockers gear, like (laughs) not just a Guernsey or a t-shirt, like the full kit, like flag, like Guernsey scarf, like just ridiculous behavior Um, could only be carried out by the very unhinged among us. And I agree, (laughs) get them off. It is one of my pet hates as well. So I'm glad that that has been, has been brought up just stupid behavior. What's brought this on is a man, and this is, it took me so by surprise because it took me like a little bit to register, but at the, at the Gabba on the weekend in your favorite place, uh, when I, what a fucking shock (laughs) when I (laughs) took to, uh, when I took Otis to his first ever football game, which will forever be enshrined as Brisbane versus Fremantle Saturday, one forty five at the Gabba, (laughs) a magical experience for all, um, (laughs) There was a man in front of us wearing the the so, new. Sh- so I just have to I just have to interrupt you there, um, and and we'll have to compare that to former quadruple AFL member uh, Adam Telfer, uh, rest in peace. Uh, mm. He took his uh, his son uh, to his first football game um, during gather round, and I don't know if it was better or worse than the uh, one you took Otis to, but it was GWS versus Hawthorne at Norwood <laughs> Oval. So. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here of first games. <laughs> that was far worse. <laughs> far, far worse. I'm not taking it anywhere yeah. near G- GWS or Hawthorne. I get why he's done it though. because And it's the same reason why I brought Otis to this game because it was like a trial. Okay, how's he going to go on the seats? It's not going to be, you know, rabid and it's not going to be swear words thrown around. So it was a nice, easy introduction. And it was even like the game itself is branded as a Saturday afternoon. I think they called it family fun day or something like that. So I was like, this is the, <laughs> oh, <laughs> every, everything, everything we hate. <laughs> I've turned into everything we hate. Um, and shout out Otis did really well. Sat there the entire game, just cheered both teams, kept yelling out go crows. Cause he now associates football with the only thing he knows about football, which is me telling him go crows. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So he could have been one of the nothings <laughs> in the full kit actually. <laughs> Good, good to see you've uh, committed him to a life of uh, pain and suffering. <laughs> committed, nice and early on. committed. Yeah. Well, um, he he was a member. Say- he was a member. Um, I've got Alicia next to me. Alicia, how quickly was he a member after giving birth? Alicia hadn't come out of recovery from <laughs> giving birth. <laughs> and he was a member of the Adelaide Crows. Sorry. Anyway, go on, Joe. Yeah, the, the nurses are like to you. Yeah, oh, here's your son. You're like, wait, wait. I have to have to press submit on the membership application before I hold him. What's the date um, today? <laughs> <laughs> is my is my postal address the same as my billing address? <laughs> um, one one question I have to ask. Obviously, you, you've taken you've taken notice to the game. Do you think he's now ready to be surrounded by a bunch of drunk men dropping the C bomb as much as possible? <laughs> And that's just people we know and one person in particular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, continue. continue. I've got off on a major tangent. Uh, sorry, the whole point of this get him off was because I saw a man there and he was wearing the gather round crows guernsey. So he's got his hands on that. And I thought that's a pretty um, interesting thing to wear to the game. But he was also wearing one of those like gigantic like, Brisbane Lions silly 
hats, like you know the ones with oh. the, the strings coming off. So oh. he was wearing. Oh, he's got the double team combo. Double team combo with the brand new oh. Guernsey as well. That by the way, if he has it now, he would have been one of the first people on. Crowmania to get it. So he's obviously a pretty clued in fan. Yeah. And he's also well, rocked I, up to the Gabba wearing that. Well, he'd have to, like, because I jumped on that within five minutes of it, like, hitting the sales. Yeah, it was all gone. And, like, oh, we have to wait until June, like, the, the yeah. rest of us to, nah, to I'm get off out. It. So, so off. Yeah, that, that's terrible. Especially the double team combo. That is just terrible. That's yeah. terrible stuff. So, should be should be a life ban from any AFL venue, uh, including Norwood Oval. And my last get them off segment, they're all going to be quick and they've all obviously morphed into us just ranting about things. So <laughs> my last get them off segment is not football related and there is every chance that my coffee order is going to get absolutely uh, <laughs> lambasted in this group after this. <laughs> so my coffee order, JR, is a iced almond latte with an extra shot which is very 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 uh controversial and to the point where alicia if she orders it for me hates saying it and is now starting <laughs> like, to refuse to go into coffee shops but whatever i like a nice latte and i like almond milk or i like oat milk doesn't really matter anyway my get to my segment is why the fuck am i being charged more money for an iced latte than i would with a normal latte when they have to do less work. So you're not a coffee drinker. For the record, for a nice latte, all they do is ice, milk, coffee on top, stir it up, here you go. Whereas a regular coffee, they froth the milk, they get it the right temperature, they do the latte art, they do everything. But for some reason, that experience with the same amount of milk, <laughs> but more time and resources and energy and effort used is less money than my, let's stir around the coffee into the milk here you go. That's your that's your cold drink. It fucks me <laughs> off. I only wish the viewers could have seen just how passionate you were about that uh, that uh, yeah coffee uh, coffee issue and the actual actions that went along with the uh, with the spray. I was very you, handsy, wasn't given. I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would expect that more from a from a Mastrangelo, a, a Dimku. <laughs> Uh, but it was it it was quite uh, it was quite hands on so yeah yeah very uh, very near and dear to you. So if you're listening to this, I you are in the quadruple AFL group chat and you order an ice latte every now and then. Have you noticed that the price is more? Because the one thing I will say is Alicia says it's not all the time that that happens. It's just select places, and I refuse to believe it. Everywhere I've gone, it's been more, and I do not understand why. So give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. We have to wrap this up because this is going to go for about 45 <laughs> minutes and all we've done is <laughs> rant about things that annoy us that we weren't going to talk about for too long. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back with the round seven review. Welcome back. I would say, JR, out of all of our podcast experiences uh, so far, including the first episode we ever did, that would be the most chaotic and shambolic like opening ramble that we've ever had. <laughs> well, have you noticed that like as the podcast episodes have gone on, we've got less and less prepared. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, felt and much, and, and I would say that that description could be applied to a few fantasy players as we move <laughs> uh, move through the season. I would say there's an incredible lack of preparation and care going into some of these teams, particularly down the bottom end. I would say we've absolutely gotten ahead of ourselves. I'm way too confident on this mic right now, and I've I've been showed up. This is this is going in like a dollar thirty favorite to absolutely crush your opponent and getting showed up. So 
<laughs> anyway, we need to get to the games. First up, my game, Revolving Doors Fantasy Football Club, 15-89 defeat, Slippery Licorice, 14-22. Not sure really what to say about this game. It was, I would say my, my nose was in front for majority of the round, and then all of a sudden on Saturday, sorry, Sunday afternoon when Essendon played and John had a quarter to remember, like between my three guys, Mason Redmond, Nick Hind, and... Brad Close, they'd scored maybe 10 points between them in a quarter and John's team put on like 150 points or something stupid <laughs> in that time. And I thought, oh shit, I'm in trouble. To the point where I've done a bit of a Regan in the group, in a couple of side groups where I've gone, this is bullshit. I've lost, blah, blah, blah. And I've spat the dummy. <laughs> You've won by 160 points. Well, like, no. not even close. No, to, to justify that. <laughs> the following game, um, uh, the game after that was Richmond Gold Coast, and he had Liam Baker and Bailey Humphrey play against my only Will Powell. And I was like, I need to at least try and get close to matching the score here, otherwise I'm stuffed, blah, blah, blah. Will Powell has proceeded to drop 133 versus Liam Baker, 62, and Bailey Humphrey, 0. <laughs> so not only has he uh, matched their score, he's actually doubled the, the team that had an extra player playing. So <laughs> that did turn things around slightly. Well, I need to know what happened to Bailey Humphrey because he was really good the week before off the, uh, the subs bench to the point where I was going to grab him uh, if no one else did. So fucking thank you, John, for saving me from myself with that uh, big fat zero. <laughs> I saw him get a tackle and a hand pass, I think it was, in the first quarter. He was on six points and I was like, yeah, tracking as, as what I thought he would. And then he gave away a free kick, and then he gave away another free kick to go back to zero. And <laughs> just nothing for the rest of the game. And he got subbed out at some stage, but I don't think he was injured, or if he was injured, it was very late in the game. So that was a man playing football for no statistics whatsoever. <laughs> team player. Uh, yeah, team player. So, except for John's team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every team except for John's. Um <laughs> I could talk for an hour and a half about willpower. I love willpower and I was uh, being critiqued in the group about my decision to select him and then say to everyone that I think he'll average about 85 this year and I'm being proven right every single week. So it's fucking great. Yeah, Will willpower is going going excellently. About You said you could talk about him for an hour and a half. I could, could we talk for an hour and a half about John's team? What has happened? He was on top of the world, cloud nine, like just an unstoppable force in this league three weeks ago and it has all gone very very pear-shaped like he even got Doherty back this week I believe and and still uh his only player out this week is Tom Liberatore well the only player of note I should say and maybe Zach Tui if you really want to make a, a really weak argument <laughs> um so he's basically got a full shrinks team and 14-22 isn't the worst score that's ever happened but when you compare the scores to other teams this week like my 15-89 I think doesn't even crack top six. Like it's, it was a massive week of scoring. So I think fantasy scores are starting to improve as it normally does throughout the year. And maybe some teams aren't catching up. You said 14-22 isn't the worst score in the world, but a few weeks ago he dropped an 11 something <laughs> that, that, may, that may qualify. <laughs> like a, a few injuries to notwithstanding, but that, that yeah, there's some, there's some issues at the, at the licorice. And really surprising because a few weeks ago he was an unbackable favorite. Just proving that you do not want the unbackable favorite tag in this league. Shout out Regan Mastrangelo. <laughs> Unbeatable. 
A couple of big scores in this game. Charlie Kerno, 173, as we've already touched on. Liam Shields, 110, just doing great things. Luke Parker, 114. John's team, Darcy Parrish with a 121 as captain. Simpkin, 104. Zach Bailey, 106, was doing really well. And Toby Green, as per usual. Uh, Look, not much to say about this other than I'm happy to get the win. I also won the previous week and John... He lost the previous week as well, so that's two losses on the trot for him, two wins on the trot for me. I go to five and two, and John goes to... Three and four. Three and four. Thank you very much. Let's get to the next game. Magic Mike, speaking about teams that, well, we had previously written off and then we've brought him back from the dead and then we've written them off again and now we might have to bring bring him back from the dead. I can't work him out. 1650 Magic Mike (laughs) defeats Censored. The previously undefeated Censored, it finally happened, 1474. Obviously, this win, uh, a big contribution from uh, Jake Stringer with 125. Uh, So much so that actually met up with uh, Jono before the Crows game for uh, quite to eat and, you know, was looking forward to it and, and maybe having a bit of a conversation and, and, you know, shooting the shit. I, there was no conversation to be had with this man. He was solely focused on refreshing Jake Stringer's <laughs> score. I was asking how his week was, what he thought about the uh, Crows game upcoming that we were about to, uh, about to head to and just nothing, barely got a response out of him. Yeah. Unsociable, unsociable fantasy footballers <laughs> is how I would describe this. <laughs> little, nod, uh, little, little nod to the what early to mid two thousands Hawthorne team there. The unsociable Hawks, the yeah. unsociable Johnsons, I think, is uh, <laughs> what his team name should be called because he was a man of few words on Sunday afternoon. But with a score of sixteen fifty, uh, I guess you can appreciate why. Little chink in the armor of Alex. Some like overall, the scores aren't too bad across the board, but mitigated by some really low fifties, which. I don't know, from players that you expect 50s from. So was he overperforming the last couple of weeks? 14.74 is still a pretty reasonable score. But the only other thing I noticed here is Tim English dropped his lowest score of the year, which, by the way, was still 103. But um, low enough to obviously reduce that total because if Tim English went for a massive score, then all of a sudden he's adding on 60 points and he's back up over 1,500. Maybe his team is too English dependent. Who knows? Potentially. I, I think he does have a few issues here. I did see posted in the group that uh, potentially Zorko was out for a couple of weeks. Um, and also, uh, maybe not a, a huge factor, but uh, he does hold Xavier Dersmer as well, who uh, I just heard on Triple M was out for 10 weeks with a knee injury. So 10 weeks? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I assume he heard it during the game, having scored 23. Mm. I didn't watch Friday yeah. night, but... Uh, also, uh, Cody, shout out Cody Waitman, who also played a full game for a, a score of 14, uh, did not get subbed. And in fact, uh, uh, Coach Bevo obviously thought so little of uh, Toby McLean, he did not sub <laughs> him on at all, even with Cody Waitman out there having got about two possessions. So, yeah. Sorry, I started laughing before when you mentioned Dane Zorko's name, because the last time we were on the podcast, we were talking about <laughs> who was most likely to go to Bali and... <laughs> get arrested. Well, I don't know if you're following, but Zane Zorko's now got a three-week injury, <laughs> which is a perfect oh, time, a perfect time frame to head over to Bali. Well, I would imagine it would uh, maybe coincide with the post-school holiday Jetstar sale. So a nice little uh, direct from Brisbane to Denpasar <laughs> return flight uh, might be uh, on the radar. I, I assume the Sky Garden's still open. Yeah, so maybe some some nice, uh, yeah, some few nice weeks in uh, in Bali. 
Those Jetstar flights, the direct ones, are a lot better than the uh, the Air Asia Adelaide to Denpasar, <laughs> <laughs> which was direct the way up there, which is great. But on the way back, it was Denpasar to Kuala Lumpur to Adelaide, which is in the complete opposite <laughs> direction that we've been on uh, once before. So, yeah, um, but how good how good is Kuala Lumpur? <laughs> well, you got food poisoning, and I had to hit somebody like from behind to try and get them to prop their chair up. So, not great. I, I did. I did appreciate the big, scary uh, semi-automatic weapons that uh, the uh, security were carrying in uh, Kuala Lumpur Airport. Really made you feel safe. Speaking of semi-automatic weapons, Tom should. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Shud drops a 119, Blake Harvick 120, Golden 118, Stringer 125. Um, few hundreds also for Alex Sinclair 119, Lloyd 105, Moore 100, and Tim English 103. Uh, just, to, just to touch on um, a couple of points, uh, maybe not particularly fantasy relevant, but Darcy Moore is a disgustingly good footballer. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so fucking good, and it is so apparent when you're actually at the games. Just like he absolutely just takes the piss. Yeah, he is so good; it is ridiculous. Uh, and also, uh, to also touch on the semi-automatic weapons again, um, <laughs> who would you describe as more of a semi-automatic weapon, uh, Jono or Alex? <laughs> uh, okay, I've, I've got reasoning behind this. It would be Alex, and that's because it, like he fires off messages in the group chat like. <laughs> 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 like a semi-automatic weapon like <laughs> he need a little while to reload but once he's going he will shoot off like 15 ones. Uh, there and there is no silencer on that uh, semi-automatic weapon when it gets going either uh alex moves to six and one and loses how cruel's fantasy was undefeated before this loses one game and he is now off the top of the ladder and jono moves to four and three Wooden Spooners, 15-22, defeat Danger Club. The rebranded at the start of the year, full of hopes and dreams, ready to win another flag, Danger Club, 14-29. And I'll give you the win-loss totals of these teams at the start of this conversation because it might impact the way we're going. Presbury moves to a very impressive and unexpected 5-2 and and is in the top four. And Danger Club moves to... One and six. JR, we spoke at the start of this podcast about what we call strikeout teams. And we're now willing at the start of the year to start striking out teams that we think cannot play finals and will not impact the top eight. I'm going to start with striking out Stasi Dimku, Danger Club at one and six. Ooh. They will not play finals. Agree or disagree? Yeah, you have to. You have to agree. I, one and six is just so far back in what is an incredibly competitive league like you know everyone other than those at the bottom you know there's no one even on two wins i believe everyone has a minimum of three except for three teams at the bottom uh all on one or less so i think it's just a very long way back from there in a competitive league um the fact that he's managed to lose after uh, nick newman has rolled out 168 <laughs> uh is it, is kind of impressive in itself um and maybe and you know maybe there's something to be said for that yeah yeah disappointing I, i'd love to revisit the over-unders because at the start of the team i thought at the start of the year i thought stars had yeah quite a strong team and i think his over-under was definitely probably 12 plus minimum uh so it'd be interesting to revisit that and and just sort of compare 
what was projected to to what has played out in the opening couple of months of the season. Maybe that's an exercise we do towards the end of the season before final start is who's on track to hit their over under win total and who's not. I think that'll be a good little uh, good little challenge for us. Uh, looking at this game, Charlie Ballard, Calvin Ballard, Colin Ballard, Cameron Ballard, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, 125 points becoming Ooh. fantasy relevant again. He does this, by the way. I had him last year as, my, <laughs> as an emergency option. And he will either score 40s or score 120s. And there's no real in between. Paddy Cripps, 118. Will Ashcroft, 119. And Jade Gresham, bit of return to form, 105. With Warple on the bench, 105. Oh, Stasi, let's have a look. Tim Kelly, 108, and Nick Newman, 168, are really the only two big scores with a little chime in from Jack Silvani and Horn Francis, 97 and 98, respectively. Not much to say. Nick Dacos, quiet this week. And by quiet, he only scored 99, <laughs> um, So, but wasn't required. What I will say about Presbury is this is his third week, I think, of scoring 1500s, and I wouldn't sleep on him. Just because, I mean, you look at the top four and it's obvious that he's, he's there, but he's got the least uh, points against. But his points four have been increasing each week. So he started off quite low at the beginning of the year. And I think that's what's impacting his overall at the moment. But he is in form at the moment. So just just keep an eye on him. I obviously didn't watch the North Melbourne Melbourne game on Saturday night. But uh, and you, you may be able to tell me this. Uh, a man who appears not to be in form uh, on Presbury's team despite the team's overall form, is Callum Coleman-Jones, <laughs> who dropped a whopping 19 um, on, admittedly, what was a, a slippery and, and tricky night for the the tools uh, out there. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's disappointing, and he, he may not make it. I think Presbury actually said in the group he's given up on him as any sort of, not just fantasy player, but also any sort of player in general. So when North fans are giving up on whatever players they have, you know something's going wrong. <laughs> Um, and also, I'm, I'm yet to get in uh, Presbury's inbox. We talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I've also noticed, as well as Hunter Clark, he also has Jade Gresham. Oh, your uh, favourites. Two of my real, real niche favourites. Mm. So I, I might have to uh, might have to jump in there at some point. This is a, a team that I'd I'd like to get my hands on a few of these these it, guys. It's uh, it's a sale that well, it's not a sale because I think he, if you want to look at the trade, he definitely beat me in terms of players where they're currently at. But uh, I got Hugh McCluggage off him this week. So Presbury's door is definitely open for some trades. So I'd be hitting him up immediately. Excellent. I will get to it. Let's get to the next game. JR, you're up. Collective Mind, Galaxy Brains, Thriller. And to be honest with you, I was so sidetracked with the Crows that I didn't give this fantasy <laughs> game the appreciation oh. that... And so are you also, I'm guessing. Yeah. But... I, I had no idea until I even like got to the car. I was so disconsolate on the walk back <laughs> that I walked all the way up to the Tafe car park without even realizing that uh, I probably should check the fantasy score. Um, I thought I was like pretty comfortable, but I was a little worried going into that uh, that last game. I had a lot of players playing and it was very wet, uh, which isn't normally great for uh, fantasy scoring. So I sort of just cobbled over the line uh, despite a uh, Dugowie 50, uh, Fogarty 30, uh, just did enough to to get past uh, get past Keefe's. You say you did enough, but you scored sixteen twenty to Keefe's sixteen fourteen. Great game. I'm going to throw over to you. You can talk to me about your game in a little greater detail, and then I'll chime in as needed. Yeah, some uh, some big scores. None bigger than the three hundred and thirty that uh, Rowan Marshall wheeled out on Friday night. That was a uh, absolute game changer. 
Harris Sheasel back to his best uh, with 126. Josh Dunkley back in form uh, and officially off the trade block after his 115. <laughs> I think the message was sent loud and clear to Josh that uh, he has to lift. Uh, 80s and 90s won't get it done. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, rumoured that uh, some of the places that I may send him, he uh, he wasn't that keen on and he <laughs> thought, uh, no, no, I need, to, uh, I need to stay and I need to perform. Uh, 110 from Matt Rao, I would assume benefiting from the absolute uh, score fest that uh, was at Marvel Stadium on Sunday afternoon. And uh, last but not least, uh, could be my new favourite uh, coach's uh, son, uh, <laughs> coach's award winner for the week, Brody Kemp, uh, 113. I uh, have to give a special shout out to everyone's favourite Carlton supporter, Michael Johnson. He is always hot on the uh, hot on the Carlton boys, so I have had a little bit of Carlton intel from Jono and uh, pounced on uh, Brody when he made the team on Thursday night. You wrote to me at one stage, who is on Brody Kemp? And then I wrote back, I think, to you, who is Brody Kemp? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think currently he's averaging 113 points a game. So <laughs> this is a man who is fantasy relevant. One last quick one on your team in one player in particular before we move on to Dean's team. Rowan Marshall, 330 as captain. That has, I'm pretty sure that would be the highest captain score of the year, surely. It would have to be. I think it's definitely the highest I've had uh, across. Oh, actually, no. I reckon the year I won it, Dunkley might have got like 180 and maybe uh, ended up with a 360. But yeah, I think definitely the highest that I remember seeing this year. But there were some whoppers later in the round. So I don't know whether anyone went past that, but they may not have had their players as captain. I'm not sure. No, nah, I'm pretty confident that might be it. Uh, Keefe's team, another really good score. And this... Man, if you have a look at the points against on the ladder, Keefe's <laughs> is sitting third currently. And out of the top eight teams, he is the highest ranked in terms of points against. So he is copying it from all fronts. I would still have absolutely no concerns if I was him. You're just coming up against some absolute ridiculous performances from uh, fantasy teams at the moment. Uh, Clary, roll the dice on Clary. He had 115 sitting there from Chad Warner and he was talking to Dean and I about what he should do. And I, as the ever-conservative man I am, said, take the 115, you've got to be safe. And he's like, nah, I'm going to roll the dice. And granted, it wasn't a lot more, but it was enough to get him a few extra points and get him closer to your margin. Well, and even still, like, Clary, I reckon Clary at quarter time was well over... I think he had 16 touches in the first quarter. And I was sitting there watching his score. He could have been, like, 60 at mm. quarter time. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. This is not what I need. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. So... Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, brave and ultimately correct choice to to roll the dice on Clary. He also picked Braden Fiorini up at the most perfect time. It was I think a week before Tuke's injury, and now he's in that midfield <laughs> as a midfielder, pure just inside mid, doing whatever he wants. 114, and for some reason, Gold Coast looked really good on the weekend with Braden Fiorini playing. So uh, don't know what's to be said about that, but. Uh, not cons- well, I've always, I've, I've always said that uh, that Tuke Miller is holding Gold Coast back and, and it's fearing his <laughs> team. So uh, it's, it's interesting to see it borne out in reality. And John has always said it's Rory Atkins' team as well. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, Lockie Norman for uh, grabbing the uh, Centurion uh, Rory Atkins off the scrap heap this morning. So we'll see how that plays out. Just for the inside joke that I just gave JR, uh, Jono was probably the last Rory Atkins believer <laughs> At <laughs> the Crows <laughs> and uh, probably proceeded too long in uh, holding out hope for him. 
Uh, and he was so much of a fan that he actually had the number 21 yeah. um, put on the back of the Guernsey. So, uh, and then one night after a number of substa- substandard performances, he proceeded to uh, try to burn that Guernsey uh, in the house. So, <laughs> uh, so his thoughts on Rory Atkins were, were, were quite clear. Keefe's go to four and three. What a strange record for still, I would say, probably the best team in the competition. Mm-hmm. And JR, yeah, you go definitely. to four and three as well. And you still, at this point, can't get into the top eight. That is an incredibly tight ladder. But well done to you. I think both you and I are probably happy with where we're at this season, considering <laughs> previous <Very>. fantasy performances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stoked at four and three, to be honest. Next game on the list. Unfortunately, the now top of the ladder, DVTT's Regan Mastrangelo, 1,700 flat, plays <laughs> Mastrangelo. No, uh, it's better. <laughs> Mastrangelo. Um, <laughs> plays James Heard Immunity and beats James Heard Immunity, 1,549. This was the worst experience for both myself and Stasi <laughs> in our private group chat over the 72 hours that fantasy games were played. It was like I can't even describe how shit it was. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was. Oh, you've got this player firing. Oh, it's over. No, you got this player firing. No, it's over. Oh, you're in the box seat. No, you're in the box seat. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. Oh, what a hor- what a horrible experience. What's even worse is if I had to choose a winner out of this game, as in what's best for the league and what's best for egos and keeping them in check, it would have been lucky to win this because at least he wouldn't have been outright top at the moment. Well, not outright top, but uh, equal top with a better points for. But Regan did win and therefore he goes outright. Sorry, he goes up the top of the ladder. Big score as well, 1,700. That shouldn't be sneezed at. Quite a few hundreds. We've got Sicily, Brennan Cox, Nazia Wanganen, Miller, Petrarca, Blake Akers and Caleb Daniel. And he also had Cade Chandler on his bench, 114, that he couldn't even take for whatever reason. I guess the Melbourne game might have came after or whatever it was. But that is astronomical. That's like Dean-level scoring for the past few weeks. So credit where credit's due. If we're going to heap praise on Dean, we probably have to. Actually, no, we don't. It's fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, we don't. definitely don't have to heap praise on uh, anyone in this game. And... um... But, uh, yeah, 1,700, it still has to be said, is a very big score. What I notice of Lockie's team is that Andrew Brayshaw has, as soon as he left, <laughs> he's left my club, has decided that his knee injury is fine. <laughs> he's all good. Yeah. Uh, and proceeded to drop a 117 uh, as his captain. So, obviously, not too bad. In saying that, in saying that, Brayshaw's not a renowned goal kicker, and he kicked two that game, I think two Mark kicks and goals as well from memory. So take away 28 and all of a sudden his uh, score is looking more like uh, what it was in previous weeks. So not as concerned. Look, it's not a bad score from Lockie. He just came up against a really good team that only the best in the league can beat. <laughs> and that, that, that I assume you're referring to yourself. <laughs> oh, it might. Oh yeah. I'm the only one. Sorry. Yeah. Six. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Oh, Lockie. Lockie had um, some, some, Tom Power 29, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> a few 60s in there as well. Look, it, it, there's not much to say once again. All these games are sort of just stock standard at the moment. It's just your players who you expect to do well are doing well, and the players that are a bit dicey are usually not performing where they should be, and it's exactly what this game represents. 
I almost don't want to, I don't want to spend time in this game because it's giving Regan's team more airtime. He, <laughs> like, if we say it every week, he's just gone another level of insufferable. What do you, <laughs> what did he say the other week? I think he said something along the lines of, wow, how good is looking at my team knowing that you don't need to make any trades because it's that good or <laughs> something along the lines. And then, and then it was immediately in my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I literally have nothing to say about this game. Like, other than to say Regan is an unbackable uh, favorite and could not possibly lose from here. We might need to get him on the pod just to see if the podcast curse is still in check because he came on, <laughs> realistically, he came on before the season, before we, oh, no, just after we drafted. So probably no chance for the podcast curse to kick in. One thing I will say, and I need to get your thoughts on this before we move on to the next game, is Lockie did do that mega trade with me and grabbing my first two picks in Took and Brayshaw. Took injured. Uh, he's then turned Took Miller into Aaron Hall. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we know you love Aaron Hall. Uh, I would like to get your take on that. In fact, no, I, I don't love Aaron Hall. I, <laughs> I, that could not be further from the truth. I think he is probably my least favourite player in the league. And his, uh, let's say, approach to the game was... Uh, uh, questioned and, and highlighted uh, significantly on uh, Fox footy at times <laughs> uh, in the uh, post show on Saturday night. So uh, I didn't think Aaron Hall would get any games under Alistair Clarkson. Just doesn't seem like a player he would really enjoy. Uh, and then after a, a, you know, a few beat downs since uh, he has come into the team, I fear for Lockie that Aaron Hall could be very much a sacrificial lamb. And yeah, Depending on how quick two comes back, that could backfire spectacularly. I think Aaron Hall has two weeks to live. And why live? I mean, <laughs> I mean like AFL, <laughs> AFL living, sorry. That was very dramatic. Not, um, not, not, be- not before Alistair Clarkson ends him for good. Uh, he has two weeks in the team before he is playing VFL and then probably v- VAFA uh, very, very shortly after that. Um <laughs> And that's only because of injuries as well. If it wasn't for injuries, I think he'd be out this week. So, uh, Lockie, you do whatever you want to do in your trades, but that was silly. Do we have an update for Took? Like, how quick is Took coming back? No, he, believe it or not, he is under TBC on the AFL injury <laughs> list. So this week. <laughs> what a shambles. What is going on? Uh. <laughs> uh, Regan moves to 6-1 and one at the top of the quadruple AFL ladder and Lockie moves to 4-3 and three in that new log jam. A couple of weeks ago, it was the 3-2 and two log jam and now we've got the 4-3 and three log jam. Next up, a resurgent and just excited, enthusiastic, back in my inboxes every day, just really happy about life. <laughs> Gina Grinehart's coach, Grady Hud, 1609, <laughs> defeating... European vacationing, just, <laughs> I, I don't even checked know what, out. I, I checked out, just fuck my life, <laughs> dyslexia untied, <laughs> Adam Leach at 1396. Let's start with the positives, Grady, 1600. If you, Ooh. yeah, if, oh, what, three weeks ago, if I told you that Grady was dropping 1600, would you have laughed me out the door? I would have laughed you out the door and I, I probably would have laughed him out the door as well. So an incredible, incredible performance. But I have to give him credit because he's been really active in improving his team and have made a couple of really good trades, a couple of savvy pickups. Like, yeah, good stuff. And he, he, I think he's got himself back in the, uh, you know, at least, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say he's relevant. So Very relevant. Uh, I think he's done really, really well to uh, fix his team. 
he's done two trades, which I think he won both of them, to be honest with you. One with, I can't remember the specifics, but one with Schmidt and one with, one with Jono. And looking at the players he got from both of those people, Cogs dropped 210 as his captain. What more can you really ask for? And Chera, 141. <laughs> I mean, I know it was yeah, against the Eagles, uh, but far out. Yeah, and uh, he also, I feel like he also picked up Finn Layson in a trade with someone uh-huh. who's been pretty solid. Yeah, so um, that was a that was the Finlayson sweepstakes roundabout. I gave Finlayson to Lockie for Bergman and something else, and Lockie then goes yeah. Jeremy Finlayson, fuck him, he'll be shit, and then passes him on to Grady, and we <laughs> we both now we message like weekly about fuck, shouldn't got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funnily enough, that's what GWS are also doing. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I don't want to give any credit to the Crosstown rivals, but having someone like a Finlayson who can, and I guess it's what we want Tilthorpe to be at some stage, but better um, uh, in terms of that. Yeah, that... Um, yeah. And, and speaking of uh, gun sort of, well, maybe not gun, but highly performing ruck forwards, have you ever seen a man do a, uh, a quicker uh, heel turn, um, a 180, if you will, on a player as Grady has done on <laughs> Samson Ryan in the last two weeks? Would you say Samson has saved Grady's season? Are you talking about this Samson? Samson! Oh, my God! <laughs> Excellent. Um, no, I haven't seen a quicker hill turn than Grady with Samson, oh, right? En- and he's ended up, like, I-, I don't know how all these trades have happened. He's been very active. He's ended up with Callum Mills. Yep. Like, Brahman only dropped an 80, but I think that's a nice player to have. Yeah. Uh, picked up Ben Cunnington, I believe, from mm-hmm. uh, Echo, who dropped a 99. Yep. Yeah, great job. Chase Jones from Jono. Uh, the excellent Chase Jones again on the weekend. So just a fantastic trading performance. He's done some great work here with this team. And Dan Houston and it was also on his bench, which he got in that Schmidt deal, which is very, very impressive as well. Like this, yeah. Are we talking about Grady as being the best trader in the competition at the moment? Oh, Easily. I don't shit. think he's lost one, and he's won them all convincingly, I think. Holy he's shit. done a great job. Actually, and even go back to the start of the year, he did the Ed Langdon for Parfit trade <laughs> with me. Mm-hmm. What, what? Yeah. This is a... Fu- this God, is- how, bad, how bad must he have drafted? <laughs> <laughs> no, this team is actually relevant and, and I think good now. So um, good to see he's still holding on to George Wardlow, who can't be too far away from his debut. <laughs> Well, apparently he hurt himself in the VFL the other week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's still not going to get rid of him. He's committed to George at this point. George Wardlaw is this year's Tom Phillips for Grady Hutt. (laughs) (laughs) Let's speak about if Grady's relevant, then (laughs) unfortunately Adam Leach might be irrelevant. And (sighs) there's a couple of things with Leachy that I'm a bit concerned about. It's it's a three-pronged attack. First prong. Uh, I'm concerned about his fantasy team going winless for the <laughs> remainder of the year. Uh, second prong, he was favorite for best in chat and the time zone difference between being in uh, <laughs> Europe, America to Australia is limiting his ability to be best in chat. Although there was a couple of zingers uh, earlier this morning, which I had a look at and I laughed at. Um, and third prong is also because of that time zone difference. He was a shoe in for the violin and he probably still is, but he's not complaining about it as much. So um, we need him back in Australia as quick as possible. We we do. And I mean, I, I have to be careful about what I say here because um, I do have uh, the dyslexics this week. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a shame. I don't really, I think he's had some bad luck, but it's good that he's got steel back scoring well. He may get Jared Lyons back with Zorko out, which could make a big difference to his team. But 
they may also bring in someone weird like uh, Chris Fagan loves to do. <laughs> Wouldn't be shocked to see like a Jimmy Tunstall or or a Jackson Pryor get around. Although I quite like Jackson Pryor, so I, I shouldn't disparage Re- him. Reese Matheson but... back in the team. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, what's his name? The the barometer. The shotgun. The the barometer. That's right. <laughs> they're, um... not, they're not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's the shotgun to me. Uh, um, yeah, just I look that you're not going to win with many scores like that in the forward line. Um, I think Dylan Moore's been a, a bit of a disappointment after last year. Uh, only a 66 on the weekend, and he was a captain option there for a while. Uh, Tex looks absolutely shot to pieces already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he looked awful on the weekend, and he may get a rest this week uh, going to Geelong. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Lockie Schultz, 42. Jack Rewalt, 36. Yeah, some disappointing scores and and just not a lot of depth across across the board. So, yeah, but you know, we we may enjoy fantasy, but I'm sure he's enjoying Europe just as much. Oh, so he, it's not all bad for no league. matter what he's winning hey, right now. Hang on, he, is he in Europe or is he in is he in America still? No, nah, he's in Europe. He was uh, just in Amsterdam, <laughs> Amsterdam, uh, enjoying <laughs> the enjoying the local culture. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, I. I I'd like to go to Amsterdam and, you know, the, you know, some of my, my favorite, you know, people and inspirations and people I look up to are, are from Amsterdam. So number one, Martin Garrix, shout out <laughs> Martin Garrix, love Martin Garrix. Um, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you see him, Leachy, if you want to maybe get him to rate the podcast five stars, that'd be, that'd be a big win for me. So fantasy team not going well, but it looks like the holiday is, is going uh, a lot better. And you didn't mention your other favourite Dutchman, and that is um, Dirk Kout as well. <laughs> Martin Garrick and Dirk Kout, or Coit, however you want to say. Um, and also, I, I would say maybe to put a third Dutchman on there, uh, Peter van den Hugenband, who, <laughs> who, who used to be the uh, only competitor to Ian Thorpe in the sort of early 2000s uh, period where swimming was apparently quite relevant. So uh, shout out to those three people from the Netherlands. <laughs> But that have no relevance to fantasy whatsoever. And for our next segment, <laughs> our top ten favorite Dutch sportsmen. <laughs> that'll be that'll be next week. Who would yours be? Your favorite Dutch oh, sportsman? Uh, Ian Robin, um, based on his yeah, okay. based yeah. on his Chelsea days. But anyway, we, we need to move on because we keep telling ourselves <laughs> in the ad breaks and in the the pause breaks from recording that we need to hurry this up, and then we get sidetracked by Dutch sportsmen and, <laughs> and the likes. So. The things I thought that would never make this podcast would be, who's your favourite Dutchman? Like, <laughs> and then Max Verstappen not getting a run because he's no one's favourite. Nah, he's nobody's favourite. I don't think he's like, he's not even my favourite Verstappen. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think I might like his dad more. <laughs> um, Leachy moves to Norton 7. Grave concerns about a winless season there. And Grady, very sneaky, very plucky, 3 and 4. Oh, thank God! It's the last game of the round. I thought we were going to be on for a, a really long. No, no there's no, no, there's two. There's oh two to shit! Did I skip over one? Oh, I did too. All right, no, not the last uh, game. At, at the end, second to last game. Yeah. I apologise to the next four teams because we're going to whip through your games because of uh, <laughs> time issues. Uh, Rainy or parade sixteen twelve defeating the most up and down team I can remember in fantasy history, and that is the Sneaky <laughs> Jellyfishes thirteen eighty six. Echo enjoying Dawson 122, Harris Andrews 107. Harris Andrews just really, like, he's like that Calvin Ballard, Cameron Ballard, whatever you want to call him. Um, just, he can either go for a 40 or he can go 110. 
Like there's and there's no real in between. Patiently waited all year for Sam Walsh to come back and immediately reaping the rewards. Uh, Two fifty six is captain Jaden Short. Great trade, I have to say. This could sneakily be one of my favorite trades of the year. He traded Jaden Short for Kyle Langford when Jaden Short was being stuck in the forward pocket and then got injured and has come back and is now playing off halfback again. And he's back to being Jaden Short and he might have just stolen one there. So um, well done to him. And Peter Laddams, probably enjoying his last game as a Sydney Swan. <laughs> 134. What a, way, what a way to go out. <laughs> I think Hickey is ready to come back. And like reading Twitter and Sydney Twitter, Peter Laddams could be the most hated man in Sydney. <laughs> Who who else would be up there for like most hated men in Sydney? Oh, like like, do you like rem- I'm thinking like a ruck, like what's his name? Like Darren Lockyer. Oh wait, are like, you talking about football? Or just, well, well, it can be anyone. Oh, do you remember? No, <laughs> mine's really niche. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this came to mind. Do you remember like like I think he hosted uh, well, was a judge on um, Dancing with the Stars, Todd McKenney, and he was just a bit of an <laughs> asshole for a while. And he could, it could be Todd McKenney, but that was I don't know why it was, was the that, first was, name. Was, was that Todd McKenney or Andrew O'Keefe from Deal or No Deal when oh, he got down in the gutter? Actually, no, I agree. Andrew O'Keefe is the most unpopular man in Sydney and probably Australia <laughs> right now. What a fucking idiot! <laughs> but moving on, <laughs> moving on. Schmidt's team is, like I said, so up and down, and it's not even captaincy issues anymore. He's got, like, Lockie O'Neill that he can set and forget for the most part. <laughs> Lockie, Lockie O'Neill. Did I say Lockie O'Neill? <laughs> yeah, Shaq, Shaq's brother. I thought it was more of an Irish flavour. Like, they, they brought in Derard Joyce <laughs> and like, Connor McKenna, and now, now they've all changed their names to, like, something Irish. <laughs> Like, can we can we just talk about? I know he lost this week, Schmidt, and and put up a pretty crap score. But can we talk about how he absolutely stole Lockie Neal from Davies? Oh God! For like Shay Bolton and I don't. There was a Hawthorne player. I don't even remember who it was. Yeah, uh, John Newcomb. Okay. Yeah. Stolen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stolen because Lockie Neal was like whether he drops a ninety every now and then, he's still going to do this for the most part. So well done to Schmidt. You've got yourself a good captaincy option there. But has elected not to use that this week when VC <laughs> went VC Sarong and then uh, Captain Bailey Smith who is under underperforming like crazy this year. So that was Bailey. Uh, just just for just for reference, Bailey Smith averaging eighty nine. Do you know why? Uh, I I don't know why. Uh, he he's been bevoed. He's been absolutely bevoed and, and stuck in the forward pocket. They've uh, outsmarted themselves once again. So um, poor Bailey Smith, free okay, Bailey. Nothing. Um, can we also shout out uh, in a, in a negative way, um, Riley O'Brien, who despite rucking the entirety of the day against uh, Power and Crow's offcast Billy Frampton, <laughs> uh, who wouldn't even ruck in the sample, um, uh, he could not even drop a hundred on Billy. So that was a pretty piss poor performance from from him as well. I will say, I'm normally a pretty harsh crit- critic of Rob, but I don't think he was out and. <laughs> You should have some sort of advantage, I guess, against Billy Frampton in the ruck, but you he wasn't our worst player on the day. No, he wasn't our worst. Yeah. Oh, he, I can he, tell you who was. <laughs> how long you got? Oh. Uh, Does it rhyme with uh, Gary uh, Flowenberg? <laughs> he he could be back uh, shearing sheep uh, very, very quickly at this rate. Which which uh is a bit of a shame because it's a long way from the Cumberland Arms Hotel. <laughs> Schmidt's team, 
look, I don't know what to make of it. Like I said, it's so up and down. Like Nick Blakey isn't going to score you 49 every week and Hopper's not going to score you 63. But you just don't know what you're going to get. And unfortunately, you need to have some sort of level of consistency in this league. Um, Echo moves to four and three and probably building steadily. Now he's got a few players back. And Schmidt moves to three and four. And he wouldn't want to lose the next one, I think think and he's actually up against Regan so that could be interesting now it's the last game we have the Collie Wobbles if we're talking about resurgent teams we're talking about a team that was down on their ass the other week and has now turned back the clock to 2022 and dropped a 1664 to defeat a poor basics team who is sitting second to bottom on the ladder who also by the way (laughs) has the most points against. So he didn't draft well, and then everybody's <laughs> just been pummeling him in since. <laughs> and it was uh, no difference this week either with Beeble's massive score. Are we are we feeling a bit of a resurgence for Beeble, a bit of a shaky start, and now he's uh, he's sort of leveled what was, uh, like I said, yeah, a terrible start and can sort of build off this? I think so. I think, I think he's trending up. Um, I think he's done well to get sort of Rory Laird, uh, off Stasi, um, some of the Carlton guys. I mean, it's hard to tell because he's got a f- couple of Carlton boys there that, that did play against West Coast. Uh, is Ned Reeves going to drop 110 every week? Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. Aaron Hall, 142, who he's now traded for Took. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I don't know. Uh, Saligo, who was inexplicably subbed at three-quarter time oh. or close to it on, on 90. I don't know. I I can see a path but I'm not sure I'm all in on the B-Wheel resurgence just yet. The only other concern for B-Wheel is Daniel Rich also went down with <laughs> with a calf injury, believe it or not, at age 48. Um, <laughs> uh, and he was uh, quite quite good the last couple of weeks, dropping a 90 this week, even with the sub. Well, actually, no, he didn't get sub. It was already a sub made for Dane Zorko's old hamstrings. Um, and then uh, 101 the week before, so... A um, bit of a concern there, but yeah, I'm backing him in to have a bit of a run here and probably at least get to 500 and then move on from there. Well, it'd be good to see everyone. Uh, everyone, you know, wants Be Will to, to do well. I think. I think he's he's one of the more popular members of of the league. Yeah, so it's nice to see him sort of turning it around. Is he at three and four now? You said he is at three and four, and that's where you're knocking on the door. You're you're around the mark. You're uh, you you're, you're there to swap positions with whoever's four and three, which could be you, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, it definitely could be me. It <laughs> definitely could be me. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a nice nice comeback from B Will, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. What he really needs is uh, Took to make a miraculous recovery from um, his serious TBC injury, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, really 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 push back in that midfield, and then that would be a tremendous addition. So, yeah, we we'll see how that plays out. I apologise to Davies. I am going to whip through your team and you're the only one that we had to whip through. So we might spend a bit longer on you next week. Um, Young, 116. Noble, 104. Kelly, 104 as captain. So 208. And Wits, 102. Pretty okay score, to be honest with you. 14, 94 is mm-hmm. fine. And you're going to win, maybe not most weeks, but a lot of the weeks with that score. So um, nothing to be too ashamed of there, Davies. But I will say your record in the league is something to be ashamed of uh, as you... <laughs> s- <laughs> I'm killing the segues today. Um, <laughs> one and six for Davies, whereas, as we just mentioned, B will move to three and four. We're going to take a break and we will come back with our tips for round eight.
Just in the ad break then, when we paused recording, JR, you told me something which uh, I feel like the listeners need to know, and that is, um, what was it, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, you were uh, quite harsh on the city of Perth and everything that's wrong with it and just you know, the time delays and the, the arrogance about wanting to gather around and so on. Can you tell the listeners where you've just been informed that you're going on a work trip in a few weeks' time? Uh, yeah, Funnily enough, uh, workers come to me and said, uh, oh, yeah, we'd uh, like you to head over to Perth um, for, <laughs> for a few days uh, in a few weeks' time. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if I've sort of generated any sort of, you know, hate over there and, and whether my safety may be, in, uh, may be in some kind of jeopardy. So, yeah, very, uh, very interesting times ahead. You know, on the we, we love the Socceroos documentary that was on a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago. Well, actually, a couple of years ago, many years ago now. Fuck we're old. Um, uh, around the two thousand, yeah, around the two thousand and five qualification, and when they went to Uruguay, and they were basically like spat on, <laughs> like their bus was rocked back and forth. <laughs> like uh, outside the hotel was like firecrackers to keep them up at night. Do you think you've received the same sort of reception in Perth? <laughs> I, I can only imagine and I can only imagine that Perth being so far away that they're also going to keep me in, uh, you know, in customs for as long as possible. Um, you know, obviously when you travel to Perth, you, you, you do have to, you know, take your passport with you. Um, but also, you know, I do have a bit of a, a revenge plan if that does happen. Um, and I'm going to book out every seat on the flight back so that no one from Perth can leave. <laughs> <laughs> which is what the Socceroos did uh, with their one from Uruguay. I was about to say, I feel like you have, it's probably me, you and maybe Stasi that get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's that, that's okay. Last thing I'll add to that is um, the thing is, have you got your dual South African citizenship? That way <laughs> you, you can actually go through customs a lot quicker if you have that. Yeah. Uh, well, I was talking to my cousin in Pretoria <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> As well as asking me about uh, what I thought about the spring box, he, he did uh, he did mention that uh, that uh, I have left my South African passport <laughs> over there uh, in South Africa. So uh, unfortunately, not. Uh, we have to get into the games. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom is kicking us off in eight minutes, and I want to get this done in eight minutes. So we we have to speed through this. Revolving doors play censored FFC. Um, I'll let you go first because it's my game. Yeah, looking at this game, we, we did touch on um, maybe a few potential issues for Alex with a couple of injuries and obviously a loss uh, to Jono uh, last weekend. And, and I feel like you may be looking good for Oof. this week uh, in light of some of those issues. So I am going to go with you. That makes me very happy. Um, I'm going to back myself in this week. Uh, we've been calling the downfall of Alex for, well, since week one, basically of this podcast, and it's only really happened. It now. could be, <laughs> it could be uh, even called speaking it into existence. Yes. So, <laughs> and I feel like a one one loss on the and then nothing else on the trot is not a downfall. So if I'm going to live and breathe the downfall, I think I have to be a part of it. So I will back myself in to beat him. Um, next game, slippery licorice. John Madison's plays Danger Club in danger. Stasi Dimku. Oh, this is hard. I made you go first the last one, so I have to go first here. I think 
John only because until that weird Bailey Humphrey score and maybe a, a couple others that were a bit lower, he was actually on for a reasonable score again this round. If he can make a few better decisions regarding emergencies, I think he gets it done. So John for me. Yeah, I'll go John. I, I feel like he's maybe due a little bit of luck. I think he's been a little unlucky in some respects. And like you said, like Bailey Humphrey score sort of moves the needle a bit on, on what it could have been. So I will also go John. Next up, Magic Mike plays Keefe's. Oh, who knows what you're going to get with Magic Mike? He beats <laughs> pr- pretty much every team this week with a score he dropped except for one, which will not be named. Um, but I reward consistency and I reward form over a longer period, so I'm going Keefe's. Yeah, I will also go Keefe's. Magic's team reminds me a bit of a bit of my own in that there's some extreme highs but then also some just lows that kind of come out of nowhere. So I think Keefe's been unlucky with some big scores against, and I think he will get over the Magics this week. Next up, Wooden Spooners play James Herd Immunity. Um, very, very important game this one, by the way, because if uh, Spooners win, they consolidate that top four spot from Lockie, and if not, roles and positions are switched. I think Lockie, once again, if I'm rewarding consistency, I have to go him. So I will reward the player who's dropping 1500s over a longer period of time. Yeah, Lockie for me as well. Um, Prez has done very well, uh, but I think Lockie is probably, like you said, more consistent and I think you have to back that in. So Lockie for me. You're up next. Collective Mind Galaxy Brains plays the Norton 7 Dyslexia Untied. I will go first, and no shocks, I am picking you, JR. Um, as much as I want Leachy to win, probably not against you. I enjoy when we're both up and about on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, yourself for me, and I'm going to assume that you will be tipping yourself. I, I will. I will be tipping myself. That I would like to maybe get a bit more consistency in my scores there there's yeah some some high ones and some some not so high ones uh ergo some low ones um but um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i'd like to think that i could get the job done against leachy this week but when you're coming up against these teams at the bottom it, it can be difficult because there is a lot of expectation um that you sort of roll over and and beat them and 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 dropping games to teams at the bottom of the ladder in a close season is definitely something that could ruin your year so yeah tipping myself but with some degree of caution next up dvtt's play sneaky jellyfishes probably not going to spend too much time on this i'm going regan unfortunately yourself yeah regan for me um yeah can't go against him at the moment unfortunately what an opportunity for this next team in this next game. Gina Grinehart to a resurgent. Two wins on the trot. I now play the second to bottom team on the ladder, Davies. Uh, I am tipping the Grinehearts, which means they will move to four and three if that's the case. That's pretty big if it happens. What about yourself? Yeah, Grinehearts as well. We talked about uh, quite extensively before the great moves that Grady's done, and he has really bumped himself up into a relevant team. So, yeah, Grady for me as well. Last game of the round. Rainier Parade, Christian Economy, who plays the Collie Wobbles, semi-resurgent Collie Wobbles. I feel really bad because B and I are quite close and I seem to tip against him every week, but I'm going to continue <laughs> that trend uh, just with a couple outs. I'm going to go with Echo. Uh, Echo for me as well. I feel like Echo is a bit of a quiet achiever mm. uh, so far this year. Like he's sixth and I'd assume four and three at, uh, at P6, but feels like his team's better than that. He's caught a couple of unlucky, you know, Unlucky breaks with teams scoring really well against him, but uh, I think he's still one of the probably, yeah, definitely in the top four uh, teams going. So, yeah, go. I will also go with Echo. 
That was the round eight tips. We'll be back after the break to wrap up. Oh, we got there, JR. That was it for another week. And what a what a shambolic podcast from technical issues <laughs> to just going off on weird tangents to your favorite <laughs> Dutch sportsman. I think it had it all, but it also had nothing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I just hope everyone has learned a little bit about uh, the Netherlands and South Africa and, and Perth and any sort of other foreign country that we've touched on. Um, yeah, I think maybe it's been, hopefully it's been a little bit educational, probably not, but uh, yeah, hopefully everyone's enjoyed it all the same. I'd love to do a geography podcast with you where we just sort of <laughs> actually share no wisdom and just, just appropriate stereotypes of every country. Oh, there, there will be no facts required <laughs> in that ge- geography podcast. And it'll all be like loosely linked to like 2000 sportsmen as well. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I am going to cook uh, cook my pasta now, and I am may even put on the Socceroos documentary. <laughs> mm, good decision. I might do the same. We're signing off for the evening. JR, thank you once again. Thanks, Dill. I will see you next time. And we will see you next time on Who's On Him, the official podcast of the Quadruple AFL.